again, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the new episode here of the Fearless Fathers Podcast, the growing dad podcast for you fathers to break the generational traditions that no longer serve you in today's day and age so you could be a better man, father, and husband or spouse for your whole family. It's Davo here alongside. I have Ryan back after our long hiatus with this beautiful ginger bastard. He is back today with a brand new episode. We're here for you. We're going to have a little bit of fun along the way, but uh, we're going to do what we do best. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> mental stuff, existential dread, the whole the whole deal. Oh, so it's just it been happens. a normal day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I it's, mean, it's, we, we talk about it all the time. So, like, you know, when we have gaps like this, I'm, I'm sure people can put the fucking pieces together. Um, and I haven't got a comment recently. It's been like, where's the episodes? Except only from Dave. That's where I get them from these days. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Just like the phone call we had yesterday before we recorded this, and I had my wife yeah. on the phone. Be like, see, see, he fucking said we're recording. He said yeah. it. We're going to do it. Go. There no, you go. but it, it's been it's been a busy few months here over at the Fearless Father Studios for show. All the interviews yeah. we've been popping around and all yeah. the outreach we've been getting, it's been bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. It's been amazing. It's been it, awesome. It, it, legit, and Dave's been holding it up the entire time. And the, you know, thank you, congratulations on all it, that stuff too. Let me tell you, man, with everything that's been going on and like all the outreach we've been having and all the people reaching out to us and scheduling interviews and rescheduling, and like all the medical shit that I've been going through and trying to do. I think within um within two months, I did somewhere along the lines of like seven interviews. Yeah, from uh, like May till from like May twenty twenty two till what's today June twentieth or July twentieth. Yeah. yeah, I think <laughs> I wish yeah. it was June twentieth. <laughs> I wish it was too. But yeah, it's, well, you it's been a crazy why? few months. You want to know why? Not to make this about myself, but I'm definitely going to do that. I um, what you know what happens in four days? What? Oh, you piece of shit i remembered your birthday <laughs> i love you that's right i love you no, no, this is this is the first one that i i don't want to come because i'm feeling like because you realize like just how old and decrepit you truly are you know, i'm closing in on 40 and that's not fun for anybody 40 is the new did you not just listen to johnny serpillo where you could rebrand he rebranded himself in his 50s i don't want to hear it man Fair enough. Fair I don't want to hear it. He rebranded himself in his 50s and he's still crushing yeah, it. But We're just got, old and decrepit. But he's got an entire marketing team to do that. I have you. Oh, yeah. I, I want to feel, I wanna feel <laughs> flattered, but in the same time, that's just a giant fuck you. It was. It was absolutely a giant fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you no, no I, I am lucky to have you, Dave. I really am. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that like when we when we have bad sets of weeks like this not only are we very supportive with each other um and very understanding we immediately make fun of each other as much as humanly possible and it's you know just part of our, our brotherly relationship oh. oh yeah as the uh as the dark humor sets in deeply and disfiguratively we yeah. completely just make fun of the fact that we're completely decrepit and slowly withering into this earth wow that got dark really yeah, real back. I, I went back to my scene uh, days from I, like 2007 was, yeah that's definitely emo emo dave's coming out a little bit <laughs> yeah and i was buddy. gonna say i was gonna say but then you know when that's all over we go back to being like all right just get better and then we'll deal with it you know when we deal with it but uh i don't think i want to say that <laughs> yeah because I, I know as soon as you say that we're gonna be completely shot for like six months yeah something's gonna yeah. happen something's gonna be awful but I do have several episodes pre-written 
for the next <gasps> month or two. Yeah, I know. Wow, <sighs> that's 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 crazy shit. You think you think we do all this in advance? No, never. <laughs> no, that's, that's what they're awful. <laughs> so I think we've talked about this in the episodes prior, but literally our planning sessions are: Hey Ryan, do you have an interview? Do you have an odd topic idea? No. Do you? No. Okay, we'll figure something out. Twenty minutes before we record. Hey, what are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about this. Okay, and then we just make it sound good through the beauty yeah. of post production. Yeah, there, there is no secret here. There is no secret here, my guy. Every episode is actually six hours long. <laughs> we just cut it down. There's so much. There's so much footage just you know to edit out. And but you know like you're like oh we're gonna put like a, a like a memoir or a book of it all together. No, no, we just we just no. delete it and get rid of yeah. it. And yeah, we actually what we do is we buy a, a SSD for every episode, and then all the junk footage we stick on that SSD, take it outside and burn it. And yet, when we try to run for political office in like twenty years, people will still find that and we'll be completely fucked. I actually, it's it's funny you should mention that. Um, I put an application <laughs> in about four weeks ago. My community uh, has an issue with short term rentals and like vacation people and things like that. So they're putting a board together, um, and I had to apply for it. And they were looking for, I think, like six spots. Ten people applied for it, and I'm like, I put in there like, I'm a, I'm a retired veteran, blah 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 blah, blah. and I'm into community organizing, and I, and and they like immediately didn't hear anything back because <laughs> they realized how much full of shit you were. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh yeah, probably. And, but I, <laughs> the the point is that that remains true. A, a cursory Google search, you could find out exactly what I think about things. <laughs> it wouldn't take long. No, it really wouldn't. So it if they really went to do like opposition research on me. Hey, remember when he called that guy and like, oh, I can't. I'm not going to say it now, but some of the things that have gotten through the show back in the day. <laughs> God bless the listeners that are still tuning into us and the new ones that have come in. Thank you very much. That's yeah, right. Don't that go listen plug. to those episodes. Make sure you smash that subscribe button and that follow yeah. button so you never miss nonsense like this. But. In all seriousness, we do have a we do have a fearless father esque episode lined up. Yeah, for you weird, today. weird. Yeah, all right, the fearless father show. So huh. we have a couple of things to talk about. So I want to talk about something near and dear to my fat little booty. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> is eating disorders and body dysmorphia during fatherhood. Uh, but before we get into that, because I, I have two big topics to hit for that, the FCC. Uh, did something amazing, and I don't ever give the uh, Biden administration any credit because nobody fucking wanted to vote for you. Um, not that I wanted to vote for the other guy either. The, uh, the fact, just, that, the fact yeah. that you just said that the FCC did something amazing and that, like, you never hear those statements in no, one, in no, one no, fell no, swoop. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, and now I'll never get a now I'll never get a fucking government job ever. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> did, on uh, the July the 20th, 2022, did you say uh, fuck the FCC? Fuck them to death? Yeah, I did say yeah, that. Nice I stand did. by it. You're hired. <laughs> but, you're hired. Um, yeah, you're hired. <laughs> but they did something. They legitimately did something very good. So they, they, they created a program that fills a need that we've really, really needed here in America uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, and that program is called eight. Uh, sorry, I fucked it up already. Yeah, nine eight eight. It is the suicide and crisis national lifeline. Now, what is it? Think nine one one, but for mental problems. So right now, as we speak, they've been funded with a shit ton of money, like a ton of money, um, and they've opened I think two hundred crisis centers total. 
something like that. Some, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And it's a 24 seven completely confidential support in certain areas of the country right now. You, the count, support counselors will come to you to prevent you from committing suicide or having continuation of the event. And it won't be police. It, it won't be a police officer, which is incredibly important for two reasons. Number one, police. I'm not saying all police, but most police are not equipped to deal with this. No, absolutely not. And we have cop listeners. We do. We have, yes, a, we, we, do. have we have a bunch of them. And I'm not saying anything bad about you. You guys do a very important job. But you're not equipped to handle this. I'm not equipped to handle this. You have and a lot of our had... oh, a lot of our cop buddies would say that too. Oh, absolutely. And guess they really what? Would. The first calls they really want to get rid of are these mental health calls. They'd absolutely want to get rid of them. That's not why they joined the force. It gets that off the cops' hands, which number one de-stresses police, which is a big deal. Which is a big deal. It's going to help change the culture of law enforcement, and that's huge, huge for everybody um, nationwide. Number two. It keeps it off the police record because if you're not in your right state of mind, I, you know, and you do something that may have broken the law in the eyes of law enforcement and somebody who's there to enforce the law, they have to enforce it. Or somebody who's there understanding you're going through a mental problem and you're not doing it on purpose. Well, that changes things. Uh, So it gives people the dignity to heal and it takes stress off cops. This is a major win for America. And I don't think it's got a lot of press. I haven't heard anything. I've heard maybe one or two people talking about it. You are the first person when you brought this up to me, probably what, about a week or two ago? Yeah. You're the first person I heard this even happened. Yeah. Like, and I'm just reading through the appropriation report right now as you're talking. And like, I'm seeing that they have the federal resources. I, I mean, just this alone for strengthening strengthening network operations so this has actually been out since 2005 because it's based upon the national suicide hotline right correct but they funded it greatly this year they, they like did it was six and times the funding and yes. that and they made this official and that that's what i was saying here for the network operations 177 million for fiscal year to, uh 2022 and strengthening local crisis call center capability another 100 so they got almost 300 million dollars worth of funding just for 2022 alone right and out of all this, like I just happened to see the the text capabilities too, not just for even calling, but for texting, right? For something like this, which I think is massive, because you and I both know what it's like to go through these situations. Like you don't want to talk to anybody, you feel belittled, you feel weak, you feel like nobody's going to understand you. Sometimes sending a text is the easier way, but like you said, this is a major, major, major step forward for what's going on, and it it in a sense, like you said, it's not being talked about. So let's fucking talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and I did miss one thing that it that it does that's incredibly important as well. So this is um, a testing ground for new 911 um, technology. So the, 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 one of the biggest problems with the 911 service right now is the aging infrastructure of it. Right. Well, this is all this. They only have the new shit over here and they're going to see how it works. And if it works well, it, they, they, they're going to roll it out. To as many people, many municipalities as they can. Now it's going to take time, but sure, um, a- any government wheel takes a, fucking forever. This is a good testing ground, and this is I a great have, step forward. This yeah. is out of everything that's happened over the last, we'll say, five years. This is, in my opinion, the best thing that's happened. Right, as far as you know, government services towards just the general everyday person. This is huge, big deal. 
big deal. Well, and, and you know, like we said, like it's been a part of the national suicide hotline, but I don't know the national suicide hotline number. I don't know that 1-800 number. I, I never no. remembered it. No. And but we've now, talked about. Yeah. We've talked about the suicide prevention hotline before we've, we've handed out their website. Hey, that's great. But now you're literally three numbers away. Three tech, numbers away. Three numbers away from help. So you never have to be alone. Somebody will be on the phone with you immediately. And that's amazing. That's amazing. It's absolutely fantastic. And if you're a dad listening to this today and you have somebody that's in that information or you have the, you know, you you need that number, man, it, like we said, it's three digits. Share this information. Let's fucking talk about this. So let's let's make a huge deal out of this because this shit is near and dear to like pretty much all of our hearts. Absolutely. But and for the links for all that, that'll be in the description as well. I'm glad we could talk about that. And I'm actually going to remind every episode. I'm going to I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to say, "Hey, just a reminder. 988, be aware of it. Use it if you need to. It is an emergency service for you. Use it. Don't forget it's there." Uh because it's 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 so important. And it's one of those things that Mental health, substance abuse, it gets brushed under the rug. People aren't when people aren't in their own heads. It's it's ridiculous. It's awful. So we've talked about this before, and this is going to be my last little tangent, if you will, before we move on from this point. Mental health, substance abuse, mental health, suicide prevention. For me, I've always felt like it's been the buzzwords to be like, oh, we care. We care. We care. Until it's time that somebody actually needs it, it it almost feels like you get left on deaf ears. Right. Right. Because then, then they have to pay for it. Then, the, well, well, I don't even think it's that they have to pay for it. It's more so because mental health is so stigmatized, and because it's like when we talked about disability. You know, it's not something that you could physically see. It's not something that can just manifest in front of your eyes until it's almost too late. And for something like this, it's literally three digits that you can literally send a text to 988 and be like, hey, I'm fucked up. I need help or call that number. It's three digits. And it, it takes a lot of that away from other people who are saying they're going to help. And I'm not saying that this is all people, but that's what I get out of like the maybe not maybe like the silent majority we'll call it where they say they want to help they want to get the resources but in reality it's almost put on the back burner because it's not that big of a deal or hey just kind of get through it on your own pace type thing right right this in and of, in of itself and i think we're going to share it every episode like you said from here on out this is something that needs to be pushed constantly constantly yeah. and i was People just looking need at this to fact be made too aware. And I was just looking at this fact sheet too. Um, it actually helps for veterans. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I forgot to mention that it does. They have special dispensations for it'll, veterans. It'll it'll send it right to the Veterans Crisis Lifeline. Which, if you're a veteran like Ryan and I, you know, if you call the VA, they have that Veterans Crisis uh, Hotline. It's the same thing. You just dial nine eight eight, hit one, and it takes you right to the Veterans Crisis not, uh, Hotline. And then there's, there's actually a short code that we had. I'm gonna I'll put this in the description too for our veterans out there. The Text to the Veterans Crisis Lifeline short code is 838255. So there you go. So there you go. Yep. Please, please tell your friends and family. 
you know, I don't ask for much from anybody except to continue to listen to us. But yes. this particular thing, yes. I'm, I'm 100% serious about this. And I know I joke about stuff a lot, but this is very important. You could legitimately save a life. Uh, you could save somebody's mental health. Um, you could save somebody from being abused, save somebody from substance abuse. The possibilities it, are endless. Just make people aware endless. of it. Yeah. Absolutely endless. It, it needs to be 911, 988 need to be in everybody's head. And I think it will be. I think yeah. it will be. It, it just do. takes one step at a time. Now we've got that Long out of the that. way. Not that, not that we get it out of the way, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not, I uh, motivated myself in a special way. <laughs> and we were uh, we were coming up with um, topic ideas. And one uh, that popped up at the end of our last little brainstorming session was uh, eating disorders and fatherhood. And uh, I started doing a little bit of research for this. And I didn't find a whole lot of what I was looking for. But I did find something that was very interesting that we're going to go over now. And then I'm going to go over a theory that I have. And I want you listeners to uh, comment on it and tell me uh, tell me if I'm way off base or, you know, I'm onto something here. But this first thing, once again, is from the Center for Change. We've used articles from them uh, uh, probably a half dozen times now. Yeah. Um, yeah, easily. They, they do really good stuff o- over there. Um, and it's exploring the father-daughter connection for the treatment of eating disorders. And the article is about how eating disorders develop and how the relationship between a father and a daughter um, affects that. Now, I do not have a daughter, and neither does Dave. So I'm not going to act like an expert on this matter. But bulimia, anorexia, I don't know the other ones off the top of my head. Yeah, those are only like two I, I can <laughs> yeah, think of right now. Yeah, it, it, and there it is right there. I, I am not an expert on this, so I'm not going to um, comment on it heavily. But I will uh, give you a brief synopsis, synopsis of what the article says uh, and then move along to my next point. It goes into the perception of the child of dad's never there. Dad's always stressed out. Dad is emotionally unavailable. And that child looking for the connection or what's wrong with them and trying to fix that. And unfortunately, a lot of times in young ladies, it happens to be an eating disorder. That's what it manifests into. It's one of those things that can sneak up so fast, uh, but it's so complicated to fix because then your body gets dependent on on doing these things. And it takes forever for it to, uh, to for your body to heal from like prolonged um, anorexia. Have you ever seen what that does to the human body? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. nuts. And, and even uh, there's, there's a point in time where your body just can't intake the calories anymore. And you're just uh, perpetually – you're perpetually like that. Or you get dumping syndrome, which is the thing we know about. Uh, my wife had stomach surgery last year. And um, <laughs> she eats just a little bit too much. <laughs> that's that's the end of that. <laughs> she gets it all back one way or the other, if you know what I mean. It's very dangerous, especially with um, – well, I mean, anorexia, obviously, but bulimia is another another one that could be very dangerous. Wear down the line of your esophagus, give you GERD, give you irritable bowel syndrome, give you colitis. Not to mention, like, dumping syndrome could be a thing there. And, and you know, the mental effects that come that complicate on top of an eating disorder of that nature, especially on a child's mind, 
over a um, over an adult mind. Um, <sighs> we all saw the PSAs. Well, that, that was like a big thing when I was a kid. Apparently, yeah, same. Yeah, it was yeah. like puke. Um, I, I was, what the what the fuck video? She was living with her grandmother. Couldn't even remember. A, a boy called her fat, and she was puking in trash cans and like tying up the trash bags, leaving them in her closet. It like it was disgusting. <laughs> I don't remember yeah, that, that was one, but hey, man. Yeah, they sh- they showed that shit to us when I was like thirteen. <laughs> I can't even. Yeah, I know. Wow. Right, health class. Wow. Yeah. So that was a little that was a little much for a young person, and I I appreciate what they were trying to do, but let's bring it back around to you know a thing we've talked about a hundred times here, and it's communication with your children. It's the big it's a big deal, and I think you know. Not that I can say much on it, but it it obviously happens enough that about fifty articles have been writ- have been written about this topic, um, and not from you know Joe Schlub from uh, Autoblog.org or whatever. We're talking like the Dissenters for Disease Control <laughs> have written articles right. about this. Um, Science.com has written articles about this phenomenon. Um, the Centers for Change, things like that. People who have vested interests in mental health of children have written a lot on this topic. Um, and if it's something that affects you or you think it could affect you and you're looking for ways to get around it and uh, get out ahead of it, I really do suggest you read a couple of these. We're going to put the Centers for Change one yes. uh, in the description, obviously, like how we do, yep. um, so that you can, you can all read through it. Uh, it is an incredibly important topic. Um, I wish I had more experience. It could be more of an expert, but I, I just can't. I'm in the same boat as you, Ryan. Like we said, I don't have a daughter either, so I don't really know this water all too well. But what I could say out of at least reading this article and kind of just from seeing PSAs like that and knowing people with daughters, it it comes down to one, communication, like you said. And two, I think it comes down to another major topic that we always talk about on this show, and it's being present. Yeah. And That's being present doesn't just mean sitting on your floor playing with your kid, but actually communicating, poking and prodding and trying to get into your, you know, at least understanding what's going on in your child's life and understanding the, that your words and all words have actions and consequences tied to them, too. Because yeah. what might come as light ribbing, what you might think as like a light joke to your child could be a very detrimental thing that could really fuck them up for years, i.e. Yeah. myself included going through my childhood in some aspects. So I'm not going to touch too much on this. Like we said, it's going to be in here if you have a daughter and you, you really want to learn more. If you just want to have more of a generalized understanding of it, definitely check this out. It's some great information in it. And it may not just be for daughters alone, too. This could be for this could be for sons. It could be for anybody. It's not, it's gonna, not all inclusive. I was going to make that that point as well i know i know we're talking about it as if it's a mutually exclusive father daughter thing that's just where most of the writing has been done i can't cite sources all i can do is give my opinions on it right um so i'm not so i'm not i'm not gonna say anything but no no it could absolutely happen to a young man the ideal image of people changes every day um who knows what it's gonna be so like, um, what was what was one that was happening? Um, kids like lifting too much, thinking they were going to put muscle on. Was it was one when I was a when I was in high school? But well, you're not a fully developed, so obviously you're not going to put a bunch of fucking muscle on when you're in high school. You right. don't start doing that until you're in your twenties. Um, 
So yeah, it could absolutely is a thing. And that's a, that's a pretty good transition into the uh, not super sad, serious part of this episode. <laughs> and it's body dysmorphia. Why is that funny? Because we're going to talk about dad bod. Dad bod. Hooray. Dad oh, the bod. number one trend. The, scar- the scourge of every man in his 30s. <laughs> now, dad bod. Let's talk about how we get to dad bod. I how do we get to dad bod? Have a dad bod. But I've always been kind of a potato-shaped human being. Uh, Is that because you're Irish? <laughs> no, because I'm a legitimately potato-shaped. Oh. <laughs> yeah, not good. It's a heart disease thing. Wah, wah, wah. I'm just kidding. I, I, haven't, ha- I haven't had an Irish joke in a while. so I Yeah, no, it, it was definitely an Irish joke. <laughs> 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 I tried to turn it on you. It didn't work. Nope. Um, but it's obviously gotten worse as of late, over the past five years, and I wonder why. Dad bods. Is dad bod a type of body dysmorphia. And for before I go down, go down this little rabbit hole, this is my, this is my personal theory and you can agree with me or you can disagree with me. I, you know, I I do care what you think, but you know, this is just my, my, my personal thought process. Uh, First off, is it body dysmorphia? Yes. Yes. Do specific people like the dad bot? Yes, Absolutely. If you are looking for a sexual partner and you have a dad bod, you will find somebody eventually, as long as you're competent, confident. <laughs> so don't let that get you down. Is dad bod caused by fatherhood? Absolutely. And I'll tell you why. Me and Dave were talking about this briefly. Um, how many times have you been making buttered noodles, mac and cheese, um, oodles of noodles, that shit with the broccoli and the noodles with the cheddar broccoli. Oh, the pasta sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The one that come in the green and white bags. Yeah, the newer pasta sides. And you carefully spoon a uh, a serving out to your wonderful child, and you go sit them sit them down at the table, and they are enjoying it, and you roll back to that pot, and you just fucking eviscerate the rest of that pasta. How many times have I have I done that? Probably hundreds. How many times I, have you I actually did that last week? Right. There you go. How many times <laughs> have you uh, bought an 18 pack of dinosaur chicken nuggets from the refrigerator section, given your giving your child the recommended three and then just eating the other one, <laughs> eating uh, the rest of them? 18 pack, bro. My family, we get that big old four pound like 100 nug- dino nuggets because let's be honest, dino nuggets yeah. are better than anything. Dino, but- they taste better. They do so they much better. They taste better because they're extinct. Exactly. <laughs> it's the exclusivity that makes it taste phenomenal. <laughs> it's like caviar, but for poor people. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going I'm to go ahead and say this right now. Nothing fucks harder than getting, uh, I don't know what it is, but getting a cup of like your extra Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A sauce from the restaurant and then mixing it with the store-bought stuff. I don't know what changes, but it makes it sound it makes it taste amazing. Nah, man, I, I, Dino Nugs and Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. That's, that's all a good you need choice as well. That's a good choice as well. Classic. And I'm saying what my thing. I tried that the other day. Somebody, I saw that online somewhere, and they're like, I don't know why they taste different. Maybe it's just because somebody told me they taste different. But I mixed them together, and they were fucking great. Hmm. Life hacking. Not really. That's a huge no. thing. You got to sit in the line. 
It's true, you do. a couple extra sauces off of them. It's even like a pain in the ass. Just buy the store-bought shit. Um, anyway. Anyway, dad bod. Dad bod. So, Dave, d- define dad bod for me. Dad bod, in its basic sense, is a man in his early to mid-30s, minimum, with maybe slightly overhanging gut, denim or now chino shorts because we're millennials, yeah yeah socks with slides because we don't wear those fucking velcro sandals anymore with a backwards snapback hat where the brim is not bent because you know we're still edgy and cool and we have and we're carrying a six pack of beer through like tumblers walking the boardwalk while we're also scarfing down chicken nuggets chicken wings and all the mac and cheese we could possibly devour and find. Yeah. So uh, basically a guy in his 30s that has kids and with a compulsive eating problem. Hooray. That's yeah, me. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I there just you had go. a breakthrough. Fuck. So, so I would uh, I would agree with most of that statement, um, except for like the, the, the visual cues you were giving. They were pretty specific. But yeah, like a guy in his 30s with a gut. Um, he looks like he was athletic at one point in time, but he got just athletic enough to like have a baby with somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and like then 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 that was it. That that was it. Not that he wanted to stop trying; he just didn't have time to go to the gym or whatever. You know, just your standard like defeated looking fucking dude who drives uh who drives who who drives like a Mazda. Oh, Jesus. All right. And that's then, oddly specific. And then tells people it's an SUV. <laughs> that's oddly specific. <laughs> and Ryan. not just a Mazda 3 on stilts. Yeah. No, I mean, if we're getting specific, uh, I'm saying that guy. That's, that's yeah, that the guy. guy. And if there's any Mazda drivers out there, I actually do like Mazdas. They're very nice handling cars. Uh, <laughs> but would I be caught dead in one? But you have a dad bod. So just, yeah. You know, yeah. But I yeah. do have a dad bod. Uh, I, I can't true. say anything. I drive a Fiat anyway. So my dad bod's growing. In all honesty, yeah, you're coming. You're you're ripening. It's it's it, you're doing a good job there. <laughs> I'm ripening. <laughs> Wait to hit 35, and you're just like, oh man, I gotta start doing something about this. And then you stick a whole you stick a whole handful of French fries in your mouth right after that Ooh. conversation with yourself. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this right now. No, I, I had somewhere, I had somewhere to go about this. Something serious, <laughs> but you know no, what? Here's the best part: is uh, you're what 33 right now? I'll be 33 in December. And 33 December. All right. Um, you're gonna call me when that happens. Like you're just gonna be. You're gonna pick the phone and you're just gonna be crying. <laughs> I'm just gurgling French fries and zesty sauce as I'm crying into the phone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> fucking exactly. So is dad bod body dysmorphia? Yes. No. I, th- I think we. It no, no, no. Not- well, you want to you want to you listen? You want to listen? No, not really. But go ahead. Okay. Right. Uh, dad bod. The whole concept of dad bod is how we cope with body dysmorphia. We feel bad about our body, so we look for ways around it, which is fine. Which is fine, by the way. But the point is, you still feel bad about the way you look. And I am starting to love the way I look because you know. I was successful. I had children. Yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, it kind of sucks sometimes. But guess what? Now I get to eat chug- chicken nuggets whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> so um, should I go to the gym more? Yes, absolutely. Uh, should I eat healthier? Yeah, I probably should stop 
chugging fucking Red Bulls and Yinglings. Um, <laughs> weird combo, I know, right? Great uh, combo. But you know, life sucks. You gotta, you know, take your little. You gotta take your little pleasurable victories when you can. Um, I I don't have time like I did in my twenties to like go and be fit like that. Um, and you know, if we decide to have another child, I'm gonna have even less time, and it is what it is. So you brought up a good point that it's not body dysmorphia, but in a sense, it is because you're in a vicious cycle of getting away from how you feel coping it with some simple gratitude and then continuing to feel bad about how you feel because you're in this vicious cycle of yings and and wings yings <laughs> yings and wings i saw them on the security camera killing yinglings I'm just i'm just i'm just on my pat on my veranda scarfing down yinglings and eating them chicken wings i, I might make chicken wings when we're done recording <laughs> uh, that's see prime example yeah and you brought up the fact too about lack of time and i would be safe to assume for a lot of people listening today that's a very common very common thing to say and let me explain where i'm coming from because i do this myself too and we all do it it's oh i don't have time to do anything I would be willing to bet if you sat down and actually saw how much time you had in a day based upon what you were doing and writing down every little thing you did in a day that you could find time to fix things if you truly wanted to. I'll take myself, for example. I do this quite a bit and I realize like, oh, damn, I, I don't have time to do a podcast episode or I don't have time to work out or I don't have time to go for a walk. I realized today it's like, damn, I really need to be walking more because I just I've been a fucking potato being sick and not doing anything and kind of, well, what was me? But I was like, wait a minute, I have 20 minutes to kill. I would have just been sitting out on my back porch drinking coffee, playing Mario Kart on my phone, but I'm just going to go for a 20 minute walk. And then that 20 minute walk I got done. I was able to come up, went up to my office. I did some podcast work, talking to some potential interviewees and doing some other posts and stuff. And then I gamed for a bit. And then I'm downstairs, I'm watching TV and I'm like, oh, I, I really need to do that. I don't have time to work out or I don't feel like it. I'm like, you know what? Let me just do five push-ups, And I did it. The reason why I'm saying it the way I said that there is it's all micro. I think we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast where we continually go through this thought process of I need it now or I want it or it's too hard. But the easy things give us that quick boost of dopamine and we want more. Do give us all the dopamine, yeah. all the damn dopamine. Yeah. <laughs> but when we take those 10 minutes to do a walk around the block every day, that adds up to. 70 minutes of walking over an hour of walking a week which from zero to an hour is pretty impressive let's be honest five push-ups a day over a week that's what 35 push-ups it is you know it's it, it's you pass the micro the PT test you pass a pt <laughs> test exactly you pass a pt test you pass the army pt test well not the new one yeah not, still not the new one? one but still it's the new one but anyway uh, uh, but you, you you continually do that stuff and then you're like, oh, damn. Like I have a prime example. I have a great buddy of mine. He's 
we were in bands together. We've known each other for years. I love Robbie to death. He is one of, he is like, I call him Rob Lowe or I call him um, Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec because that, that's exactly who, what he looks like and what he sounds like if you ever watch Parks and Rec. He is so committed. He's a father of a, I think she's 16 now, of a 16-year-old daughter, 15 or 16-year-old daughter. But that man has not missed a gym day since the day she was born. He has not missed a chance to go running since the day he was, since the day she was born. He has not missed a chance to meal prep from all that time. And you're talking 16 years dealing with a daughter and you have joint custody of your daughter. Well, now he has more full custody of her daughter. But the fact remains is like the time is there. The commitment's there. The, the ideology is there that like, hey, I'm putting in these steps. He doesn't have dad bod, but man, he's a dad and he can put down Miller lights like anybody else. But I guess my whole point is like the time is there or the want could be there if we make those small steps. All right. I have one important question. I think our entire audience is uh, wondering this as well. How do you have Mario Kart on your phone? Just download it for free. Is it like a emulator? No, it's actual Mario Kart made by Nintendo. Oh, since when did they put that like on an Apple phone? No, like forever. I have an Android. I'm a real human. I don't do yeah. Apple. Yeah, podcast over. Partnership's done. <laughs> yeah, Mario send, Kart, baby. I'm going to send you a new editing computer. It's going to be an M2. <laughs> I will burn it and then pee on it and then take a dookie on the motherboard. That, that, that's how much of a human being I am. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else. Dave? I have nothing else, man. So you want to close? We want to close this out. Are we good? We good yeah, to close I think it we're out. Good. Yeah, I think, right. I think we made we made our point. We talked a lot about this episode. We talked a lot in this episode in the last forty minutes or so. Take the steps that we told you, especially that first part, that nine eight eight number. Remember, yeah, you, you have a lifeline big. out there every step of the day. Whether you're even going through body dysmorphia, dad bod, or if you even if you have a child that might be going through an issue like that, keep that number. Use it. It's another tool in your proverbial tool belt. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fearless Fathers podcast. As always, it is an honor and pleasure to come out week in, week out, share episodes, share stories, interview amazing dads and dadpreneurs and even dadvocates, I mean, who want to help break these generational traditions so we could just be better for our kids and for our families. Continue to go out, like, share, and subscribe this episode podcast wherever you're listening to episodes. Leave us a rating and review if you can. It'd go a long way in helping other dads find this information. Continue to share. Continue to go out there and be the best damn dad you know you are because we're doing it one step at a time, one day at a time. And until then, let's rethink fatherhood.